0: Broadcasting live from the North Fulton Business Radio X studio, it's time for To Your Health with Dr. Jim Morrow. To Your Health is brought to you by Morrow Family Medicine, an award-winning primary care practice which brings the care back to healthcare. Hello, welcome back to another episode of To Your Health with Dr. Jim Morrow. I am Jim Morrow, I'm a family doctor in North Georgia with offices in Cumming and milton georgia now happy to be a part of village medical a fast-growing nationwide primary care chain and with at village medical they are using all sorts of technology and just human resources to take incredibly good care of patients so i am here in my office was now studio uh and john ray my producer is already laughing on the screen i'm looking at in front of me Johnson, in his home studio and John, I saw you in the office today. I'm not going to talk about that. Cause that's a HIPAA violation, but, um, I'm not even going to say what occurred to me next, but how are you? I stuck, I'll stick with that.
1: I think you just violated my HIPAA. I think I did too. <laughs> no, I don't think you did. Um, no, it's great. It's great when I can sit here and laugh and you can be the expert. I, I like that division of labor.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm doing all the work and you're just laughing. That's great. Yeah.
1: I just hit a button and you have to do the work. So I like that.
0: Well, I'm happy to do it because I do thoroughly enjoy these podcasts and I have to give John credit. John came up with the topic today. I didn't come up with this. John did. So if you don't like it, John Ray at BusinessRadioX.com. Um, Yeah, I think, I think it's a good topic. We're going to talk about exercise and fitness and fitness trackers. And I really don't have much of a COVID update to do before we get started because we're kind of in the eye of the hurricane right now where things are really pretty darn good. Uh, I will say this about um, COVID uh, COVID booster vaccines. The fourth shot, the second booster is now available. It's been approved by the FDA. But it's a rare person that really needs that booster. If you are going through chemotherapy or if you've had an organ transplant or taking medications to prevent rejection then you do need that second booster but other than that really um, most people are not going to need the new booster right now I think you might need it later but right now you probably don't so don't just run out and do that let's enjoy the fact that you're immune for a bit and then we'll deal with more boosters later on so John I was I was thinking about fitness and when i was doing it i was thinking about fitting this pizza in my mouth (laughs) and i think that's the the type of fitness most people usually think about when they think about me because i am not the most fit person although i'm trying to be better and i guess it's all about what you're where you're trying to go and if you're really on a path and trying to to do the right thing and end up in a good spot and i'm again for the umpteenth time in my life trying to do that but i appreciate the idea of doing this topic john i think it's very timely it's important for really everybody if you think about fitness and exercise from a medical standpoint there are criteria i guess you'd say that makes something exercise whereas something is else might be just activity back in the this is going to be hard for a lot of you to believe but back in the 90s i played alta tennis and i loved playing tennis and i loved alta tennis because they had a level for everybody and i had friends that were double a and they played in college and stuff i was like level c7 which if you know anything at all about alpha tennis, you know, that means I was terrible, but great at the social aspects of tennis. So I went every Saturday and we had a great time and it was, it was always fun. But I told patients when they would say, I would say, do you exercise? Oh yeah. I play tennis twice a week. Oh, do you play alpha? Yes. Well, what level do you play? And they'd say, I play C5 or something like that. I'd say, you know, if you can hit the ball and take a bite of donut and hit the ball, <laughs> it's not exercise. So we have spent, doctors have spent, scientists, a lot of time and effort trying to really describe what is exercise. And the frequency and the benefit of exercise is limited more often by the patient's compliance than anything else. And everybody knows that. Probably everybody that's ever exercised has done it for a while and stopped and hopefully started back and stopped probably. And it's not inappropriate to exercise every day but very few people do, and it might not be the best thing to do. Uh, The recommendation right now is a duration of 20 to 60 minutes of either continuous or intermittent exercise, three to five days a week, is good for cardiorespiratory fitness, and what's referred to as body composition enhancement. I think that's weight loss. So continuous exercise is exactly that. It's where you start out and you exercise continuously for X number of minutes, hopefully no less than 20, no more than 60, on three to five days a week. And I I think five days is a real good maximum because your body does need a chance to repair. And I think if you're just starting out, three is a good maximum when you're first starting out and work your way up to five, because if you start off too much, you're gonna pull something, hurt something, twist something, sprain something, and you're not gonna be able to continue, and then you're just stopped again. So the intermittent exercise is an interesting thing, where in a given day, you might exercise 10 minutes continuously and do that 10 minutes two to three to four times a day for a total of 20 to 40 minutes, even 60 if you have time to do that. And that way you're not getting too winded probably, you're not gonna get too worn out, but you still get in the total number of minutes And that still gives you that same benefit. Now, as far as intensity of exercise, it's important to get to a certain point of intensity. Obviously, if you're just lollygagging down the road, that's really not exercise, it's activity. And activity is good, but don't fool yourself. So you really want to reach a range between 65 and 80% of your maximum heart rate, if you're a relatively healthy person. So your maximum heart rate is 220 minus your age. So John and you, that's 120. Thanks so much. (laughs) Thank you. You're quick with math though. So 220 minus your age, I'm 67 and 220 minus 67 is 153. So 153 would be the highest I should ever get my heart rate up to under any circumstances. Anything more than that is likely to give you some trouble. Uh, You might get short of breath. You can have all kinds of trouble. You just don't want to do that. It's just not really safe. And if you think about it, when you get to be 67, the chances are pretty decent that you've got A blockage here and there, or you might have a weak-walled aorta, and you just you don't want to do crazy stuff. So, two twenty minus your age is your maximum heart rate, and a really good training rate is probably, depending what you're trying to accomplish. Trying to accomplish weight loss, sixty-five percent of that. If you're trying to be ridiculously really well fit, eighty percent of that. So, two twenty minus your age between sixty-five and eighty percent of that number now if you're in if you're not what you'd consider a relatively fit person then start less than that okay start at 50% and co- because doing anything is better than doing nothing and doing anything is more than you were doing previously so it's it's good to to do exercise do it smartly do it with some consideration and and be careful about it So in 2022, there are numerous devices that can help you know your heart rate and other things about exercise that you're doing. And we've got all kinds of trackers and different things. There are wristbands and smartwatches and uh, a lot of different things. And the physical activity trackers really measure your own personal metrics involved in fitness, like how many steps you've walked, what's your heart rate. They even track your your quality of sleep. And I, and I have to stop there for a second. I tell you, I have issues with tracking your quality of sleep. Um, I really think the only way to do that is with a sleep EEG, a brainwave study. Um, the devices that do that, are making a great many assumptions, in my opinion. And I'm not certain it can really help you tremendously with that. But since we're talking exercise and fitness today, it absolutely can tell you the number of steps walk and your heart rate. And from number of steps walk, you can get distance. So that's pretty easy. Uh, they are predominantly wristbands and smartwatches, and wristbands are the most popular type. There also, though, are devices that have a have chest straps. Some have patches, little strips. There's even a shirt that measures all manner of stuff. It's a Zephyr, I think it's Zephyr, actually, shirt. So these are things you might look for if you're in the market for these things. I would be willing to bet you can find all those on Amazon. So activity trackers will typically sync to some smartphone, smart device. And they also have uh, the ability to upload information to computers, wirelessly so you can see your data, you can analyze the data pretty easily, you can look at it in all sorts of different ways and shapes and forms. And the apps that are on smartphones and so forth enable you to record and also track things like food consumption, activity, like I said, weight, even your tracing of your heartbeat, uh, your heart rate, and your temperature. And if you have a personal trainer or a medical professional that you want to share that information with, you can do that as well. And I do have one patient who, on a very regular basis, will upload to our system uh, a review or a summary of what they've done exercise-wise in a certain period of time. And it can be helpful. The main thing to me is if that's something you enjoy doing, it might make you more likely to do the exercise. And anything that gets you to do the exercise is a really good thing. And the the information from these wearable devices and the smartphone apps can now be integrated directly into some electronic record systems that we use in our offices now. So you can upload them to the portal, let's say, And that will bring it into the system. That's really not data. That's just a scanned image of some graph and that kind of stuff. Or some of them will actually let you uh, import data to the system. The problem you're going to have is finding a practice that will let you import data into their system. And if you find one, then I'd suggest you find another practice because they're not terribly internet secure, and that's not great. So these devices give you certain degrees of input capabilities. They they might be uh good for physical activity monitoring, and they're reasonably accurate at estimating heart rate and the steps and distance and that kind of thing I was talking about. But I, th- I think you do have to be careful if you see any sort of abnormality I see people all too regularly that feel perfectly fine, but their watch told them that they had a problem. So they're in the office. And it's just unlikely, frankly, that they have any problem at all. And I think you have to go by what you see and feel more than what a watch tells you sometimes. There is real skepticism among a lot of people. And I guess I'm one of them for what I was just saying regarding the benefits of monitoring physical activity and one of the problems is that a lot of research has been done and they found that the heart rate monitoring function for example is more accurate at rest than when you're doing moderately active exercise well i think that the reason you want to do that or have that is to know what your heart rate is when you're exercising And going back to what I said a minute ago, it can be a problem with trying to know real good information from some of these things. So it's fine to use them. It's great. I I think it makes you more involved and more connected to the idea of exercise, but be careful before you start thinking you have a problem because you may very well not. Also two manufacturers are busy trying to make medical grade monitoring available with wearable devices so if you're a diabetic certainly if you're an insulin dependent diabetic or if you know anyone that is you may have heard of a company called dexcom Uh, i have a a good friend a guy i really like a lot nice guy and he's a big guy and he's diabetic and he's trying to not be so big a guy and he's had great success with uh following a great diet and keeping track of his sugar and he got one of the dexcom devices which is a cgm a continuous glucose monitor and this thing you may have seen the one on tvc commercials sometimes for the um i'm drawing a blank on the name of it the one you put on your upper arm and you wave a device over it it tells you what sugar is Mm. (laughs) I forget the name of it. Every time anybody asks me about it. You got me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, see, you're not supposed to know the name, but I am. That's the problem. Son of a gun. I can't think of it. Anyway, uh, Dexcom makes one that's a little different. You wear it actually down on your belly right above your belt. And it is, I think, better than the one I can't remember. And I like it because you don't have to do anything to make it tell you what your sugar is. You can look at your phone, which it connects to wirelessly. And at any moment in time, you can look and see what your sugar is, what it was five minutes ago, what it was 10 minutes ago, what it was before you ate that cannoli and what it was after you ate that cannoli. And it's really a very good device. Well, Dexcom is working with Fitbit. And if you know anything at all, if you ever heard about tracking devices, you know about Fitbit. They're working them with them To bring continuous glucose monitoring into a Fitbit, the Fitbit Ionic is called, and so they're trying to to be able to do that by pairing up with Dexcom, and that's the kind of thing that if you are a diabetic can be extremely helpful because you absolutely need to be aware of your sugar if you're starting to exercise because it's going to alter your insulin needs and a lot of other things. So that's a big deal, and then Omron. And if you're buying a blood pressure cuff, the brand that I would recommend you get is Omron. O M R O N. At every place that sells blood pressure cuffs, uh, Omron is trying to enter the market with their smartwatch that can provide blood pressure measurements through a smartwatch. Now I'm going to have to see that to believe it, but when I think back over the things that have changed in my 67 years as far as technology i firmly believe somebody will pull that off so i think that's really really good so that's the kind of thing people are are working on and can really can really help folks and there are also products coming out that provide really accurate heart rate functions and some of them will even prescribe a fitness regimen based on your physical characteristics you tell it your height and weight and age And it can come up with regimens for exercise based on those numbers and what you should be able to do and should be doing, what your goals should be. And that's the kind of thing that I really think can help people because I think most people need that sort of advice. They need to be led through this process because it's obviously not something that they do for a living or they wouldn't be in the shape they're in. It's like the financial management people I see who are patients. They're all going to retire at 55 because they've been smart their entire life and saved money. And when you look at somebody who's in the fitness business, you know they're going to be in decent shape. I used to go to a trainer here in Cumming, Georgia, Andrew Abernathy at Focal Fitness. And Andrew, you know, built like an Adonis. I hate him. He's got like 4% body fat or something. It's ridiculous because that's his thing. You know he's incredibly aware, and and I love that because somebody's got to do that, and he can really help you. So if you have access to a trainer or anything like that, that's obviously a great idea. That's something that can really really help you. But if you don't, then one of these new devices might be just the thing for teaching you a regimen and changing it up some, guiding you through a video tutorial and giving you ideas about calorie and dietary tracking and that kind of thing. I mean, the way this is going to change in the next five to 10 years, I think, is going to be really interesting. So, if you look at the risk factors associated with being out of shape, if you look at the increased rates of cardiovascular disease, especially, there are a lot of applications and technology that are aimed at just generic health factors like diet and exercise that decrease your cardiovascular risk. And that's, I think the number one reason people ever start to exercise who haven't typically exercised is they want to feel better and live longer. So these activity trackers have, they've got huge user bases. Uh, there are 19 million registered users. What i the research I did uh, said 19 million, I think that was two years ago. So, you know, probably a much larger number than now. And research shows that the usage of wearable devices does produce an increase in physical activity, and that makes sense. If you're going to wear the Fitbit, you want to be—you're obviously being more aware of your exercise. So you're going to do more, and that's the whole goal. And diet trackers—if you've got an app like, <clears throat> excuse me, like MyFitnessPal or Lose It, one of those—people that use those show that they are better at sticking to the diet plan and ending up losing weight. So anything like this that helps is going to be good for you. There are cardiovascular disease specific applications and devices, but the first priority needs to be your risk awareness. You need to be thinking about, are you at risk? How can you reduce that risk? How can you feel better, look better, be better? And the way to do that is with better fitness. And if you start working on that, I think you're going to be surprised at what it can do for you. Social media, everybody's wrapped up in that anymore, is a good medium for improving your general awareness. But if you think about what these apps need, these mobile health apps need to be more personalized so that whoever's using it gains an awareness of their risk factors and identifies what they need to be doing to change their outcome because if you if you don't i i can tell you from personal experience if you don't change the way you're doing things assuming that you're one of the multitude who's not in great shape and not eating great not exercising if you don't do something to change that you Pretty much can be sure where that's going to lead you. So the aim should be to provide users with relevant information as much as you can provide them with, but also to prompt them to have a better outcome in the long run. And part of that is to know when to seek professional help. Everything that happens to you doesn't require seeing the doctor but there are things that are very important and i've preached on here before don't say the five most dangerous words in the english language which are maybe it will go away so don't do that and if you are exercising and you feel something new and different tell somebody but to me the good news is you're exercising and so in the long run the chance of having that bad outcome is going to be reduced because you're trying to do something. If you look at activity monitors in general, they've come through a multitude of phases. You know, pedometers have been out forever, but they're like dinosaurs anymore. They tell you how many steps you took and that's all. There are several much more sophisticated trackers out there now. There are optical sensors for heart, heart rate now that are making heart rate better even during exercise. Most of these, if not all, sync with a smartphone or a computer, like I mentioned. Not all of these trackers are waterproof or water resistant, I should say. So if you're thinking about doing anything in water for exercise, you need to be incredibly aware of that. It'd be a crying shame to pay a hundred dollars for one of these things, it's not water resistant and end up using it as a paperweight. From the research that I found, there were three trackers that were selected as being the quote best for plain old fitness tracker. The one that people seemed to like the most was the Garmin Vivo Fit three v-i-v-o-f-i-t vivo fit three and i think that's under hundred dollars and then for heart rate monitoring the fitbit charge two is very good and then if you're looking for a heart rate monitor and gps tracker so you can track using gps how far you've been this isn't for tracking where you've been, John, because hopefully you know where you've been. But this tells you how far you've been with great detail and checks your heart rate. That's the Garmin Vivo Smart HR Plus. Now, why do you think they couldn't name that the Garmin GPS fitness tracker? It's the Garmin Vivo Smart HR Plus. They need a new marketing department. So, John, that's what I've got on. Exercise and fitness trackers. Hopefully, that helps. That's
1: that's a good one. I, I like that. And one thing, I'll give folks that don't want to spend the money on a fitness tracker, or don't want to have one on their wrist, because some people don't like wearing watches anymore. Um, I read about the Seinfeld strategy. Did you ever read about that, Jerry Seinfeld? I, I did
0: not read about that. No.
1: That's why I'm here to help educate you, pal. So I, I
0: appreciate it. I, I feel like I'm fixing to get
1: educated. You are. So when Jerry Seinfeld was um, early in his career, he he figured out that he's a comic, of course. and the be, the way to be a better comic is to write jokes and to do it every day. And so what he did was he got a big wall calendar that had the whole year on one page and he hung it up on the wall. And every time he did his writing that day, he put a big red X in it. Well, the psychology of it is after a few days, you'll see a chain of X's. And the psychology of it is you see that and you wanna keep it up, right? So you do what's necessary to put the X up there. Okay. So that's what you're talking about, really. I mean, the, these fitness trackers really, play on your psychology that you want to hit a certain goal or you, what your competitiveness, whatever that you, that you, uh, you want to make your fitness tracker happy. Right.
0: Right. So, or you could put the calendar in your, in the kitchen in your house where your wife usually is and you can make your wife happy. Yeah. It's, you thought that was impossible.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, she, my wife certainly provides me motivation on what I'm supposed to be doing. So I get that. Um, um but there's, the point is, is have some way to track it, whether it's electronic yeah. or the old fashioned way. Uh, if you, whatever you track or whatever you measure, you pay attention to,
0: right? Absolutely true. Yes. Yeah, absolutely true. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's actually a great idea. And to your point, uh, although I talked about fitness trackers, it really is about the fitness. And if you're doing the work, you're going to be more fit. And I can tell you right now, you're going to feel better. You're absolutely going to feel better.
1: Well, that was the other point I was going to bring up, uh, talking about feel, feeling better is just the mental health benefits of just walking, you know, yeah. whatever activity you like, uh, the mental health Sounds like tennis was frustrating for you, but, 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 but uh, beyond that, whatever you do, the mental health benefits um, are significant.
0: Absolutely true. And in my defense, tennis was not frustrating for me. I think I was frustrating for the other people on my team, but I was having a great time.
1: That's why you always bought the
0: beer. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, you would so have been I appreciate f- people listening I appreciate the the people that comment to me in the office about the podcast it continues to amaze me and uh, again if you have topic ideas I would love for you to to let me know you can do that you can email me at to your health md at gmail.com and for now that's to your health.